Welcome back to the Laurel Heights Church of Christ website where we provide these audio sermons twice a week. I want to start with Psalms 119, verse 11, as it appears in the New International Version. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Certainly, we all agree we want to avoid sin. Sin destroys us, displeases God, tears up good relationships, sets us up for consequences. We want to avoid sin. One basic way to avoid sin is to receive God's Word into our hearts and keep it there, live by it, don't depart from it, remember it, obey it. Everything I've said so far, you agree with completely. Not as much anymore, but a couple of generations ago, the practice of memorizing Bible verses was common among Bible students. When I was attending Bible class as a little boy and in my family, there was high interest in learning Bible verses and quoting those verses from memory. If you have not attempted this kind of memory work, I would highly recommend you make an effort. Memorizing and quoting Bible verses can be a refreshing and edifying practice, and quoting verses can be useful when you're talking to your friends about the Lord and what He can mean to them. Perhaps you've noticed in our modern world of technology, Bible verses are being shared all over the world. When you navigate through social media or connect online with your phone or computer, you will frequently see Bible verses displayed against beautiful backgrounds, like uh, Psalm 23 or John 11:25 to 26, or here's one of my favorite passages from Ephesians 3, and I see this all the time against those beautiful backgrounds and graphics about all that God can do for His people that we cannot imagine, cannot conceive, yet we can approach Him in prayer and make our appeals to Him in faith and hope. That passage in Ephesians 3, I see often. The spread of Scripture through digital technology is amazing, a tool we can use to call attention to truth. From God, I'm for it. However, you expected something else. I believe A.W. Tozier was right when he made this observation. Quoting Scripture leads you to the fountain, but only if you plunge in and come up wet will I know that you are a Christian. Being able to memorize specific Scripture and quote or post Scripture is not a standalone ticket to heaven. It may be one valuable thing we can do if we do it right, but quoting the Bible must be accompanied by other personal essentials. Quoting the Bible must be accompanied by other personal essentials. Can I remind us now that the devil can cite Scripture for his purpose? And so, in this sermon... In an effort toward balance and consistency and wisdom, I want to raise three questions about quoting the Bible. 
This will be very simple, I hope useful and relevant. Three questions about quoting the Bible. Number one, are you reading the book you're quoting from? Are you reading the Bible? Do you see what an awkward and hypocritical position we are in when we quote from a book we haven't read? When I was in college, it was fashionable in writing essays and papers to quote Shakespeare. It made it sound like you were conversant with the English literary giant. There was no internet then, but you could buy or borrow books of Shakespeare quotations. Just the quotations. However, you had to be very careful. Some of the professors were conversant with Shakespeare. And when they read the quote, they would ask the student, have you actually read Shakespeare? For many students, that turns into an embarrassing moment and an unexpected grade. So I'm asking us today, it is good to quote from the Bible, but do we read the book we quote from? For example, Let's say you quote, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, from the 23rd Psalm. You quote that for someone or put that on your social media page. What if someone hears or sees your quote and they want to know more? And they ask you, where is Psalms in the Bible? What are the Psalms about? Who wrote that statement, and what was the historical setting? How embarrassing to have to say, I don't know. I just like the verse. But far more important than embarrassment, when you quote that verse, can you say to yourself, the Lord is my shepherd, and that you receive from him and depend on him for nourishment and guidance and protection. There is value in memorizing Scripture and quoting Scripture and putting Scripture out on social media. Good for you. But the greater value behind that is to read the book you're quoting from and make certain the knowledge you are sharing with others you are familiar with beyond just a verse. There are so many reasons to read the Bible. You need first-hand knowledge of your origin that you were made by God. You need to know the Bible story, I mean the big picture of God's plan to send Christ to redeem sinners. You need to read over and over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to become acquainted with Jesus Christ and keep Him as your friend and Savior. The book of Acts tells you what to do to be saved, repentance, confession, baptism, the role of the local church is laid out clearly in the New Testament. You need to be certain the local church you're a part of is following the New Testament plan, so you need to know the plan. In the epistles, you learn how to think and speak and act and react, how to worship God and honor Christ and resist temptation and get through hardship, build a good family, raise kids and stay married. We could go on and on and on. You need more than just a few memory verses to have a relationship with God. We need to read the book we're quoting from. In Ephesians 3 and verse 4, Paul said, 
when you read, you can understand. Understanding the book makes us more effective and credible when we quote parts of it. Can I say that again? Understanding the book makes us more effective and credible when we quote parts of it. Let me add, if you are not reading the Bible on a regular basis and you want help, you need a plan, please visit with us at Laurel Heights about that. Get in touch with us through the website or our Facebook page. We can help you have a knowledge based on more than just a few memory verses. Number two, when you quote these verses or your favorite verse, are you familiar with the context? Let me ask you to think about this through an illustration. I still subscribe to the Reader's Digest. It isn't exactly what it used to be, but contains enough value for me to read most of every issue. It comes into my Kindle automatically every publishing release time. I'm going to quote from an article I read in the Reader's Digest several years ago. I'm just going to give you a quote from the article. Never give up. Try it once. What's that about? You don't have any idea unless you read that article. And you don't know what to apply this to or what it might mean to you, because it is a quotation without any context. I will tell you now, this quote is from an article about how to fold socks. Isn't that exciting? I'm illustrating the value of context. A standalone quotation may help you remember something you've already studied, but to people who do not know the context, a standalone quotation may have no power at all. They haven't read the context, the book, the article. When you quote a verse, be sure you know the context. Then you're prepared to teach people what the quotation is about, what it can mean to them. I knew a man one time many years ago who would just quote Scripture to people in his office or when he was in a shopping area and saw people. He would never give them the context or the biblical reference, he would just quote a scripture, and he wondered why he wasn't able to convert anyone. It was like telling someone to try it once without telling them you're talking about folding socks. Please, when it comes to the gospel, if you share a part of the story, be ready to tell the whole story. Can I say that again? If you share a part of the story, be ready to tell the whole story. If you memorize a verse and love to quote it, go back and make certain you know what that verse is about. What is the context? Be aware of this danger. Quoting a verse to make a point you want to make, but when you study the context, that wasn't the point the writer was making. Now you've lost credibility and you have misused Scripture. Quoting verses is great, but read the book you quote from and be certain you're using the quote in keeping with the context where it is found. Here's one example. People just love to quote Jesus in Matthew 7, where Jesus said, 
judge not. Now, you can say almost anything from the Bible to someone that they may not like. You can identify any sin. You can respond to any false religious teaching. And somebody is liable to say, wait a minute, you're judging. Jesus said, judge not. But did Jesus just use two words, judge not? I want you to turn to Matthew 7. You can pause the recording here if you need to. It's important for us to see what Jesus said around those two words. So I'm going to read Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now what we have is context. Jesus doesn't condemn all criticism, all judging. He condemns hypocritical judging, where your vision is blocked by a log while you try to help someone get a splinter out of their eye. Jesus actually says, once you get the log out of your eye, you're obligated to help your neighbor remove the splinter. Judge not doesn't mean you never tell anyone that something is wrong. The statement has a context. Quoting verses is great. But read the book you quote from and be certain you're using the quote in keeping with the context. Number three, are we living what we quote? Here is a convicting question for each of us. Do we just quote scripture? Do we just have memory verses or give people a phrase from the Bible? Yet, we are really not living by the book we quote from? That comes close to the very thing Jesus condemned in the passage we just read in Matthew 7, telling others what they need to know and do and how they should behave, yet we're not living by the book we quote from. That's the essence of hypocrisy, and you know how the Lord looks on that. Let me ask, when you find a favorite verse, or you memorize a verse, or quote a verse, what's the first thing you must do with that verse? I mean, before you post it on social media, before you put that verse on your refrigerator door, before you tell others about that verse, when you find a verse you like and want to share, what's the first thing you need to do with that verse and its context? Examine your own life. Jesus said, first, take the log out of your own eye. James said in James chapter 1, be doers of the word and not hearers only. I could say be doers of the word and not quoters only. Hear the word of God, learn the word of God, quote the word of God, yes, but don't skip the main thing. Be a doer 
of the Word of God. It will be good for us to remember we are not just Bible students, listeners, or spectators, or performers. We're called to be doers, doers of the Word we quote from. We must read, study, and live by the book we quote from. Remember what Tozier said that I referenced earlier. Quoting Scripture leads you to the fountain, but only if you plunge in and come up wet will I know that you are a Christian. Nothing I've said in this recording should be taken as something against memorizing and quoting Scripture. I hope I've been clear about the value of memorizing and quoting Scripture. I also wanted to be clear about the higher value of reading from the book we quote from, knowing the context of the verses we use, and living by the book. Remember where we started? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Thank you for listening.